Good morning, good afternoon, wherever you are. This is Chris, and uh, well, we're down on the beach. It's the middle of the day. It's bright sunshine. I uh, think even out the front door for very long this morning. It was uh, had uh, coaching sessions to do all the way from Canada and beyond. It's so beautiful to be dealing with a world of people evolving. I want to just. Uh, talk about something that came to mind today. It was my old quote, coach them up or coach them out. And it's a leadership quote, and it's about safety. In a group of people, like uh, 30 people sitting in a room, the, the lowest common denominator of the room, the person who has the most the lowest consciousness, dominates the environment. And quite often, one resistant renegade will be the, the dictator, in a sense, or the, will be the determinant of how evolved, how high the room can go. It's the same in a family. One of the parents can be have the consciousness of an ant, or maybe a bullfrog might be, and the other one might be evolving beautifully and taking the kids. But the collaborative of the environment, the lowest common denominator rules. Coach them up, coach them out. In other words, you can help people see more balance. And I'm not talking about have more balance, that's irrelevant. See more balance, then they will evolve. If they can't, they won't. But again, you can't coach people in your own family, but you can coach people at work. Coach them up or out. And our willingness to protract this conversation and talk about, well, you know, maybe, uh, or it's going to cost, or we add a variable into it and make this ever more complicated than it needs to be and more painful, I think, to be frank. I told a story this morning about a memory I had about sitting in a group in a room with, it would have been 25 or 30 people. One of the people in the room had rope marks on their neck and the reason we were there is because we were I was asked to come and help a family who was in distress over the attempted suicide of one of the young girls in the family. There were uncles and aunties and brothers, sisters, cousins, everybody there. The room was really old, full of smoke, uh, freezing cold outside, but overheated inside. Uh, and they started a process of what's called a talking stick, where basically one person talks until they're finished, and then well, 29 people listen, and then number 29 starts talking, while the other 28 listen, and then 20, number 28 talks while 27 listen. And people who've talked basically uh, vaporize in a way they're still there but 
they go AWOL. <coughs> and everybody gets a chance to talk. So, <laughs> after, after 20, after two hours, we're up to person number seven. And I, I dropped it. Because I, I was invited there to help. And I said, for fuck's sake, guys. <laughs> I can't. I can't listen to this shit anymore because you're just telling me what you already know and I can't help listening to what you already know. You've asked me to come here and tell you what you don't already know, surely. Otherwise, why am I here? And I'm not going to sit here for the next seven hours <laughs> and wait for everybody to tell me how they feel. and which is kind of like a little aggressive on my part, I suppose, and the feminine part of the whole thing. People will jump up and down listening to this and go, well, that's not very kind, it's not very nice, and it's not very collaborative, it's not very communicative. But I wasn't there for 29 people. I was there for one. And the lowest common denominator in the room was going to hold up the most time talking because they feel that's the right process. And I, I, just, I just saw how, how we enable each other to stay stuck. So I eventually said, no, you want me to do my thing, I'm here to do my thing. And that's another story altogether, what my thing was to do which nearly involved me getting seriously punched up. And I guess one way to stop being punched up by a bunch of people in a room is to listen to them all, uh, regurgitate what they've all said, and then add a little bit to it, a little bit of spice to it, and make a minor change. And I guess sometimes we have the opportunity to work in that collaborative world when A, we don't have a big investment in the outcome. In other words, it's not our company or it's not our family or we want everybody to like us or we don't want to stick our neck out. But when you come into an environment like that and, and you do have a big investment in change, you don't want that person with the rope marks on their neck to do that again tomorrow night when they're belly full of alcohol. And so what everybody else thinks becomes not as important uh, as if you had a lot of time. When you work in places where there's relatively, and I mean relatively low, uh, relatively high level of physical consciousness and a relatively low level of mental consciousness, uh, time slows down and people have a lot of it and they spend a lot of it doing a lot of things that aren't very time precious. So the valuation of time to a person who has a lot of time is very low and so they'll give themselves a day to get over a huff or they'll give themselves <laughs> a week to get over something or a month or they give themselves an hour to deal with something instead of 20 seconds 
And I think life's really short. So I sort of believe the faster you can get back to unconditional love for whatever it is you're doing, the better it is. My guess would be that if you said to a thousand people, love is important, everybody would nod. But my guess would be if you interviewed every one of those thousand people, uh-oh, I'm going to sneak. If you interviewed every one of those thousand people, their definition of love would be completely different for each person. And so we, I think it's really important to start using the word unconditional love. Because unconditional love means no matter what you've done or not done, you're worthy of love. Uh, you might be sitting next to a, a Nazi or you might be sitting next to a murderer or a sexual predator or someone who's done something really bad. Uh, the question might be, can you love that person? Well, probably not. But can you have unconditional love for that person? Probably so. And being able to rise up into a state of unconditional love means you, you enter the zone, you enter leadership, you enter in a place where you make good decisions and you operate with wisdom without stress. Anyway, I, th I thought this was rather, coach them up, coach them out. What you're trying to say is, for, you, for a self-preservation point of view, you coach people up, you help them. But if they don't coach upwards, you have to coach them outwards because everybody's got a place in this world. And sometimes where they are is not, is not the right place. And if, if a person's in the wrong place, they become the lowest denominator in a room and therefore inhibit the growth of the rest of the individuals who are ready. The example I gave of 30 to 1, I finally did help one person really, really evolve and 29. So I coached one up and coached 29 out. <laughs> this is Chris. Have a beautiful day. Bye for now.